Welcome. I'm Shelby Wagner, and this is Catalyst for Conversation, a podcast designed to spark curiosity in you. In this show, we discuss topics that challenge you to understand why you think the way you do and offer opportunities to encounter diverse perspectives, all in the name of helping individuals live together with authenticity, integrity, and empathy. Let's get started. If we're here to have hard conversations, it seems only fair at some point, like today, we tease apart some aspects of spirituality and religion and faith. A few years ago, I wrote about my journey as I was looking for a new faith community. A lot was on my mind things I hadn't quite resolved. But as a parent, I knew I wanted to find a place for my daughter to begin to explore which spirituality meant to her and to give her different environments to be in to begin that discussion. And as I began searching for a community, I wrote these words that I want to share with you today. And in some aspects, I will read and also interject with fresh thoughts. I invite you to listen, to get comfortable, to give yourself space to be curious about where you're at in your life with purpose, with your faith, and with your spirituality. I stopped going to church sometime in high school. I don't remember it being a definitive choice, At the time, it just somehow slipped out of my sight. As a teenager, of course, sleeping in on Sunday definitely felt more intriguing. I did, however, attend a youth group through high school, a Christian-based youth group that held small groups and organized camps. And it was there that I really connected, or more so challenged, my faith and began to learn that it comes in all shapes and sizes. But even then, it was the beginning of understanding that my perspective is a little bit unique. I don't remember the, you know, the exact moment or even if it was an interaction, but at some point I became disappointed in what faith meant to others, or as some may refer to, God. From the outside, I am quite certain I appeared cynical or doubting, as that's how my teenage feelings manifested at the time. And as I look back now, I was just feeling a deep disappointment. I was annoyed by the convenient way in which faith or God was used in in and out of others' lives so easily, so carelessly. The divine was great when things were good and regarded as a heartless being when times were tough. I remember saying things like religion is overrated and people use God as a crutch, which pressed on my mother's buttons to no end. I just couldn't stand this notion that life is simply happening to you and religion was a convenient explanation when it suited you. 
So I busied myself during college with hanging out with friends and thinking about who I wanted to be when I grew up, as well as dating and and trying to find the partner of my dreams. During that time, we had 9-11. We also had a greater focus on same-gender relationships, which then moved into marriage and a number of other, you know, race and equality issues of that time. This was like the early to mid 2000s. And it was really through this time that I disengaged with my faith. I just really couldn't believe the disapproving words condemning others for their choice and who they love. And meanwhile, there were instances of sexual abuse by faith leaders that were just spilling out of the headlines. I was just completely disgusted in the way that humans were treating one another, and especially those who were saying that it was in the name of their faith, of the divine. I wanted nothing to do with these people, and I did not want to share anything in common with them. I remember distinctly feeling like I didn't want to be associated with religion or Christianity because I never wanted anyone to think I held those views. And that's when I can say I really took my faith underground, so to speak. I made a conscious choice to never really discuss it with people, in part because I certainly did not want anyone putting upon me what felt like demeaning, demoralizing, and hurtful language about the partnership of of faith and not allowing others to be who they are. It just didn't feel like a safe space anymore to discuss those things. And so I kept it to myself, kind of out of a way too to protect what I thought it meant the specialness that I thought it brought and the purpose it brought to my life. And as it goes after college, my career path took a windy family circus route, as I like to call it. And um, after kissing many toads, I finally managed to find my prince, my sweet, sweet husband. And as we may, as we planned our wedding, um, We made a conscious choice not to hold it in a church. I personally did not want a person from the church marrying us. In my mind, they no longer represented a faith or spirituality or divine being I wanted binding our love. So here's something that might sound odd, though. As definitive as my feelings were about religion and church, my relationship with God and the divine, never left. Naturally, I feel things more than I express them, and I was really happy keeping the relationship I knew and enjoyed it and kept it to myself. And as I said, I made a point to never discuss religion most of my adult life because I couldn't bear one more story of misinterpretation, justification, or abuse of authority. And apparently I became quite good at it as one day at brunch, a friend took a deep breath and handed me a book, um, a book that was for those who were skeptical about 
um, the realities of, of Jesus and God. And I kind of laughed uh, instantly, which I don't know if that's the appropriate response when someone hands you a book like that. But more so, I laughed because here was someone who knew me so well, who I cared about deeply, and they had no idea about my true feelings, about my spirituality and my purpose. And it gave me pause also because I knew this must have taken a lot of thought and nervousness on my friend's part. Here we were, two great friends, not sharing an important part of our lives together. In that moment, a seed was planted in me, thinking about whether or not hiding my spirituality was the best choice. And it wasn't until my daughter was born that I really began to rethink my relationship in my, in my faith, my relationship with the divine and began to think about what type of relationship I'd want her to have and not necessarily want her to have, but want to expose her to so she could make her own choices. I knew somewhere in my heart I would need to find a place to allow her to explore. And as life would have it, I would find that that journey to help her find community would really be equally about my journey back to. So a few years ago, we finally found a home that we were that we have called home for for good for a while. Prior to that, we had moved twice in five years and and just didn't really get settled into a community. But as I began to look for a place to come together and and be present in my spirituality, you know, I just was anxious about it. And I'd find myself scouring websites looking for any red flags of closed-mindedness or ego trips or excessive use of sugar-coated sayings. And quite honestly, after a couple of years, I became discouraged. You know, I began to think that maybe what I was looking for didn't exist. Then out of the blue, the same friend who handed me that book for cynics said she'd ask her friends about recommendations. And a few days later, I had a short list of churches to consider. And once again, I took to the internet to play detective, carefully reviewing the websites and social media pages. I did land on trying out one based on a recommendation. My first visit was nerve-wracking. I hadn't seriously been a visitor of a church in years. And I listened, and I looked around, listened for any veiled judgments on relationships or short-sightedness in what is occurring out in the world. But what I got in return was an openness, a welcoming feeling that felt genuine and authentic. And now, a couple years later, I am still struggling with faith communities, I think, more so than maybe my own spirituality. As this past year has 
cracked open many wounds and amplified and elevated conversations that have been occurring in many spaces over the years, social justice, racism. It was a test for faith communities to acknowledge what is going on in the world is important to what happens inside the walls of churches. And wouldn't you know it, I would find myself in the middle of a church that needed to consider renaming themselves. I really couldn't believe it. And at the same time, it felt kind of like a divine, cruel joke. I had searched, I had been away so long, and here when I return, there's this heavy, heavy topic to discuss, to discuss oppression, to discuss the impact of of white supremacy, of racism, to discuss the implications and the relationship of church and faith woven around some of those topics. It was heavy. It is heavy. And yet there is something about it that seems necessary to my journey. Many people around me say, I don't understand. How could you stay? How could you fight for this? Especially when when people, some people, don't get it. Don't think it's valid to say a church name should change to welcome everyone. But the only thing that I can think of is if I don't stay, then who does and who fights? If we all leave, then how do we ever make it better? And I know as I say that, not everyone has that choice or that privilege. For some people, aspects of their identity feel seriously in danger in some of these spaces. And for me, I have the privilege of, of being married, being married to a man, of being a mother, of being biracial. There are a lot of aspects of my identity that serve as, as a bridge, a bridge of privilege, I guess, that allows me to exist in spaces where I can say things that maybe not other people can say. And so I wanted to talk about spirituality today because it is so multi-layered, multifaceted. There, to me, is no one right path or religion. It is what speaks to you and where it speaks to you. For me, I am equally connected and grounded in the woods, maybe more so than any other place than, say, in a church pew. 
And yet there's a part of me that feels like it's a part of my human responsibility to show up in these spaces, to challenge what we are we're saying and doing. And if we're really being who we say we are, are we welcoming? Are we allowing everyone to belong? Maybe that's the Enneagram 8 and me wanting to find that, that peace and that justice and standing up for those maybe who need some help, who need others to be a voice to go first. When I think back to why I left a faith community because it felt disingenuous or contradictory, I think what I learned now is that it really is a slice of the real world. I mean, the past few years showed us political differences abound. (laughs) And in some instances, not about politics. It was about racism or oppression. But it's an example of we're all products of our environment, as my father would always tell us. And many of us are living different realities. Some of us have not stepped outside the bounds of our neighborhood. Sometimes some of us have never traveled outside of our state. And so I'm challenging myself to recognize that within the walls of a church, you hold the same mixture of people that you likely would outside in the world, at your work, in your neighborhood. And that perhaps the goal isn't to find that place where we all think alike. And yes, a common good should bind us, right? It should be a place of of loving, understanding, of acceptance, no questions asked. But the reality is we're human and some of us are broken. All of us are flawed and imperfect. And so that is what you get. I don't know how long I will stay connected to an organized faith community. I know right now I feel like I'm on a journey. I'm here to do something, to use my voice, to share a perspective. I've already had several people tell me, you've opened my eyes to a viewpoint I didn't see before. And for me, that is worth it. But I also know that growing in faith also needs to be some growth for me too. And what that looks like and where I'll get that, I'm not sure. Thankfully, I have wonderful humans in my life who also challenge me spiritually, who also look at aspects of healing, of empathy, as a way of being connected and dialed in to purpose and to the divine. What do you think? Where are you connected in your spirituality? 
Do you feel your purpose? Do you sense the identity that you came here with? Do you see beyond going to work each day or each night? Do you sense that there's something more here for you to do? And maybe that is where you're working now, but connected in a different way, helping others in a different way, seeing the opportunities for connection and for possibility instead of something, just a routine that happens each day. I know for me that is guided me this past year looking up at that moon and recognizing how amazing it is that we are standing on this earth with a space out there full of planets doing so many different things while we're here life is magic But I think so often we miss the miracles in every day. From the flowers to the insects, to the trees, to the things happening in our homes. So if anything, I hope this conversation has invited you to pause and think about where can you be more connected? What do you want? for your spiritual life. Catalyst for Conversation is hosted by me, Shelby Wagner. Join me next time as I continue to discuss topics that tap into your curiosity and strengthen your self-awareness. Together, let's unlock the creativity and empathy we need to build a better world.